You're listening to Dirty Feet, a podcast from No More Radio. Vous écoutez le podcast Dirty Feet sur les ondes de No More Radio. Hosted by, animé par, Alison Burns, J.D. Papillon, et Stéphanie Morin-Robert. Stay tuned. We're going to move you. I'm here at the Free Flow Dance Center in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and I have the pleasure of speaking with Jackie Latendresse uh, about the Free Flow Dance Company and your center, and hopefully uh, a little bit more about the community here in, in Saskatoon. Uh, we would love to hear about uh, a dance in the West. We are inundated with, uh, with information about Montreal, so we're, we're doing something a little different this week and uh, reaching out to Saskatoon. Jackie, thank you so much for agreeing to sit down with me today. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me on your show. <laughs> Great. So I would love to start even just with the space here that is an absolutely gorgeous space uh, that you uh, put together five years ago. Yeah, just over five years ago, I got this old build, old church, and it's been renovated into a dance space. With uh, this, these are actually their original floors, and they were underneath all of the carpet and linoleum. It's actually a, a maple floor, and so we lucked out. We didn't have to put anything too extravagant in; just get the other stuff off of the top, and it was right here waiting for us. Lovely. And what would you say? Um, are there a lot of dance centers around Saskatoon? There's a lot of dance studios. Um, I would say the majority of them are designed for children, and um, their main focus would be on recitals and um, dance competitions and those type of things. As far as dance centers go, there is the Dance Saskatchewan Center, which is um, where the dance uh, library is located and resource center, um, and that, that's the provincial um, dance support group. Um, they do have studios there and they do rent them to a variety of types of dancers. Um, but uh, we're kind of unique here in that we focus on adult dance. Um, we focus on uh, professional and emerging um, dance. Uh, I specialize with uh, modern and contemporary dance. And um, for fun, we also run the Rosebud Burlesque Club here. So we oh. have a little bit of everything going on. Fantastic. Uh, burlesque is, is pretty hot in Montreal right now. They've gone from, you know, one troupe seven years ago to like a, a handful. So I'm wondering, uh, what's this, the burlesque scene like in Saskatoon? You know, it, it's not big. Um, I mean, it's big, but it, they're, the only uh, group that's really happening in Saskatoon is, is the group that we run called Rosebud Burlesque Club. Uh, we do have a, quite a big membership, and we've been running for seven years now, so um, we're pretty well established, and we do lots of variety shows and and uh, performances. We do most of our shows in theaters and in our own space. Um, we don't do nightclub or bar shows, um, which makes us a little bit different from a lot of the burlesque mm -hmm. clubs across Canada who... Um, the majority of their shows would be in bars. Right. Um, so we've cultivated a little bit more of a theatrical scene. And we're very retro, so we try to include sort of the old school thought of um, having comedians and mm. variety acts and those types of things with our, um, with our shows. Because I'm a bit of a dance history nerd, that's sort of my thing. <laughs> Speaking of, of you and your background, of, of course, that would... It would um affect so much what ends up happening here at the Free Flow Dance Center. Uh, what is your background? What is your training? Um, I come from the University of Waterloo Dance Department, so I have a, a HBA in dance focusing on choreography um, with a minor in fine arts and visual arts. And um, 
I was trained there in, it was in the School of Kinesiology, underneath kinesiology, so we have a lot of um, human anatomy and um, develop, motor development um, background, as well as um, uh, the Laban sort of school of thought. Um, so that's sort of where my background's coming from. Of, of course, you're, you know, as a dancer, you're always training, so <laughs> you keep taking classes and workshops with people. Um, we have a, actually a great workshop coming up um, next week that I'll be definitely taking some, <laughs> taking some classes in. Um, it's the Bartiniev uh, Laban um, system with Donna Redlick, which I'm very excited about. Um, and then um, I taught uh, at the University of Saskatchewan for three years, and my focus was um, basically teaching educators how to include dance in the arts education curriculum. Um, so teaching teachers how to teach about dance, uh, mm -hmm. which was a lot of fun. Um, the focus on that was history, uh, criticism, and um, hands-on performance. So it was sort of threefold background. So I'm very much about the sort of um, all-directional approach to dance. And, and speaking also about being a dance nerd or a dance history nerd, uh, do you have a very kind of cerebral approach to to uh dance, especially when it comes to choreography? I would say my, my choreography comes in two different methods. Um, one is I s discover something, usually it's kind of science-y, because that's also a little bit of love of mine. And I, uh, for instance, um, I'm currently working on a piece called Pods, and it's inspired by stop-motion um, mm. video of plants uh, specifically like vines and beans growing um, and trying to find a way to um, convey that feeling with, uh, with through dance and through movement. Um, so, you know, that approach was very sort of, um, I grew some beans in my garden and I watched them grow and I bring the dancers out and we look at them and <laughs> those types of things. Um, we also constructed some pretty fabulous costumes where um, the, each dancer has a pod sack that they're inside of. And inside the pod sack is also a mini trampoline. So um, it's very alien and exotic looking. It definitely doesn't look human. Um, and so sometimes my approach is, is that way. Um, and then also, and I do a lot of work that is a little bit on the darker side, um, a little bit heavier, um, but I try to even it out with some comedic work. And so my love of vaudeville and all of those cabaret styles um, sort of leads me into more humorous work. And uh, I really appreciate, one of my mentors is Danny Grossman, and I love his um, serious work, but I also love his comedic style. And we had him out for a residency a, a few years ago to work with us um, to remount his piece, Triptych. And we've been touring it around and showing it all around um, Saskatchewan because people need to see more of his work out here. Um, but I just also love his sense of irony and um, and levity of joy of life. And so I try to make sure that I don't get too bogged down by the dark side of <laughs> dance. You founded the Free Flow Dance Company almost 20 years ago now. You're going to be celebrating the 20th anniversary next year. Is that right? Yes, we're really excited about that. We are actually currently in process of working with the Dance Saskatchewan Library 
and they are, we've received an, uh, a grant from the archive board, and they are currently archiving 20 years of free flow dance photography, and they'll be hosting that archive out of their library, which is the largest dance lending library in Canada. So we're wow. really thrilled to be working on that with them. And we're continuing with a, another two-year part of that project to archive all of the video and all of the paper uh, programs, posters, etc., um, which is absolutely thrilling to me because, as we know, dance is a fleeting art. It happens. Mm-hmm. It's gone. It's often lost. It's not um, documented or archived well. And to know that some of my work is going to survive well past me is an amazing thing to just um, understand and just be, I'm really appreciative of them and all the work that they're doing to help keep that alive in Canada's dance history. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's great news. Uh, I'm wondering of, of, of these 20 years, almost 20 years uh, being the artistic director and also choreographing primarily for the, for the company, what uh, have you been able to see trends in, in yourself in terms of your your changing choreographic styles? Yeah, definitely. I, I've been actually going through and reviewing um, our repertoire, our company repertoire, which is quite big. Actually, I was very surprised when I look back at how many pieces we have in repertoire and how many pieces can logistically be remounted because the choreography has been saved somehow via video photography and also choreo- choreography notes. Um, and I looked at uh, the, the, the work um, and definitely found certain trends. There are certain pieces that have emerged from um, the company over the years that all could be in the same show um, and make a cohesive show. And that's, you know, over a period of 19 years, um, quite spread out. So definitely I've, I've been evolving a style. Some of the work um, is shorter um, from, you know, 19 years ago. Um, I think that some of, the, some of the works could be further developed into longer works even now, if I, if I look at them. Um, but as far as... Uh, we, we always use the term dance theater to, to describe us because we're not strictly dance. Um, we don't necessarily uh, perform narrative theater or anything like that, although we have. We have a wonderful piece called The Dark Fairy Tale that was a fairy tale written for us by a local author, and it was definitely a story from beginning to middle to end. Um, but normally we work in a sort of non-linear narrative form, um, where it's a little bit more dreamlike um, and suggestive as opposed to telling a, a story. But I do think we have um, quite a number of the works encompass theatrical elements, maybe not a, quite as dramatic as De Rosier or something like that. We don't have the budget of, that they had, um, but that make us stand apart a little bit from... Um, uh, I say more traditional contemporary dance, if that's a bit of an oxymoron. (laughs) (laughs) You said, uh, I believe at the beginning, you said you specialize in contemporary and modern dance. Uh, What is the distinction for you between the two? Well, I think modern dance is, um, it's more, I I, I identify it it as the style that I was trained in um, at university, where I was trained in classic style of Graham and Limon uh, techniques, and also um, heavily influenced by people like Merce Cunningham 
and Danny Grossman. And so I think of those as a more traditional modern dance technique, whereas I feel that contemporary dance, now the definition of it has expanded to include um, creating your own movement vocabulary for, for works dependent upon your subject matter. Uh, it has room for fusion of styles. For instance, you could fuse the vaudevillian feel with uh, contemporary uh, dance movement or um, invented movement that is abstracted from um, what people would think um, a cabaret style would be. Um, and I feel like contemporary um, moves with the times. It, it, al it allows you to continue to develop. Uh, modern dance I see more as a, a very distinct stylistic category within contemporary dance. Can we talk a bit about uh, the company members? How large is the company at the moment? We usually employ three to five dancers, um, dependent on grant funding. Um, this year we do have three dancers. Um, and uh, if we have a special project, we bring in um, extra dancers. Um, for instance, um, we created a, a very large scale event called the Great Mystery Project, um, which was funded by the Canada Council. And that was a cast of um, 14. So you don't get to do that very often, but wow, is that thrilling to actually be able to work with that many people and to be able to afford to do that. Mm -hmm. um, it was a, uh, um, I guess it was a audience immersive interactive event. So um, there were no seats in the theater. The theater was just a space that was designed to look like the universe. Mm. Everything was in black light and LED, and um, the audience were participants within the event itself. Um, they got a little survival guide. They got a light to m move around with, um, fractal glasses. So when they wore them, they, all the lights would you know, make, make fractals and rainbows. And it was based on the idea of um, the universe mixed with um, Blackfoot cosmology. I was working with a local artist, Adrian Stimson, and he is a First Nations performance artist and visual artist, quite well known um, nationally and internationally. And also it was fused with sort of the, um, the feeling or aesthetics of Burning Man and the uh, 10 principles, guiding principles of Burning Man, um, which would include radical self-expression, radical self-reliance, um, uh, immediacy, uh, living in the now, experiencing the now, um, and, uh, and participating. So um, it was, it was uh, a very, again, a very large cast. It was, it was scripted in the way that a, maybe a performance art happening would be scripted. Um, and uh, it was a two-hour participatory, um, totally immersive event. You walked into the universe. You went on a trip through the universe. It had dance, film, live opera singing. It had a DJ and synthesizer player live mixing everything. Um, it had kinetic prop spinners. It had a giant a universe costume with 10-foot wings on it. Um, it had a, a section where everyone who was participating laid on the floor and all the dancers made the constellation Pleiades above them in the air with giant glowing hoops while the First Nations story about um, the, the constellation was being told by our 
um, navigator, um, and there was film, and it was just uh, a really wonderful multimedia, mixed media participatory event. Wow, that sounds incredible. Uh, with this, this idea of, of collaborating with other artists and bringing them in and presenting them in Saskatoon, uh, do you also take your, your company and your work outside of Saskatoon? We used to tour a lot. We actually did the Fringe, Cross Canada Fringe, uh, I think four or five years in a row. Um, we do occasionally bring works around um, to different places. Uh, we do apply for festivals. Um, as we all know, getting travel funding, et cetera, is getting harder and harder. So traveling mm-hmm. and touring works is, can be tricky, um, but it's definitely something that's on our agenda. We're hoping to be heading back to Kitchener-Waterloo next year for as part of our um, 20-year anniversary to work with the original group of Choreographers Collective that um, I helped found in Kitchener-Waterloo in 1994. <laughs> I would love to also speak about the WIP program that you, you mentioned, the Works in Progress. Uh, how is this formatted? The Works in Progress uh, series is made up of three showings, two uh, informal in-studio showings and a gala performance of finished works. And the way that we run it is we accept applications from um, choreographers uh, describing their work. It doesn't have to be too descriptive because it is in progress um, with a list of the types of feedback they're looking for and um, ideas that they're wanting to discover. And we book them to come into our studio in-studio space here. It's run um, like a, a weekend-long type of um, event. So people arrive, and they're given a tech time, and then we present the show. And at the show, the audience is given the direction. Um, uh, when they arrive, they're all given pens and papers and little clipboards. And um, they're told that they're going to hear the choreographers speak about their work. And then they're going to get a chance to see the new work. And then after each work, they'll be given a few minutes to write down their comments and feedback for the choreographers so they can continue to develop their work, um, which is quite exciting for audiences because they may come back to the gala and they may see some of their feedback actually implemented in the work mm. um, or just to see how um, the work has grown and changed. Um, so uh, we invite people to come from anywhere. Um, we've had uh, lots of people from all across Canada uh, come come and show work, and um, we're, we still have another one coming up this year. We've had one already, very successful one this spring, and um, then the next day we do have a, a guest mentor who has who attends the show, and he comes in and has individual. He or she comes in and has individual meetings with each of the choreographers um, to discuss the work and. You know, push push us in 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 whatever direction we need. They need to be pushed um, to ask relevant questions and uh, give constructive criticism, of course. And then that is usually followed by a workshop. Uh, we invite one of our out of town guests to run a movement workshop of some kind, uh, whatever they happen to specialize in, and that that's open to the participants. Um, of the WIP series, and we do open it to the general public so they can come in and take some classes with some of our guest artists as well. So that's uh, one, that series has been running for, I want to say, 10 years. It's been running for 10 years, so it's it's pretty well established. It's it had its ups, ups and downs, uh, a lack of funding, and, and things have been uh, always uh, obstacles. 
but um, it's still running strong and people would like to see it and um, do come out and support it. So I, th- I don't see it uh, disappearing. It's just sort of shifting and changing with the times as it, as it goes along. The, the mentorship part of this uh, series, um, finding the right mentor is always a bit tricky, I take it. You know, it's not only uh, somebody has to be a strong artist, but also somebody who's a, a teacher and a communicator and a... It is very tricky. And in a small community uh, like Saskatoon, it can be even harder. Um, We have had, um, well, this year our our mentor is Graham McKelvey, and we're lucky that he's just happened to move back to Saskatoon, and he is, uh, you know, a very internationally known established dance artist and choreographer um, and and teacher, and he was actually teaching... um, I think it was at the University of Osaka in Japan for the last two years, and he's just moved back. So we are very fortunate to have him this year. Um, Previous mentors have included um, uh, very well-known theater directors who also are involved with movement theater. And we have also had contemporary uh, dancer, also ballet dancer and and mime, professional mime, come and work with the dancers as well. So it's always interesting to try to find somebody um, fairly local that can come and spend the time to uh, work with the dancers. In the winter, we recorded an episode called uh, Cabaritoli, and it was about uh, funding cuts. And we were, of course, focused on what was happening in Montreal with funding cuts, and uh, we spoke a bit about what was happening in Toronto as well. And then hearing you talk a bit about the WIP program and kind of the ups and downs that are are happening there with funding cuts as well. Uh, Do you mind speaking a bit about what you're experiencing in that field? Um, We're very fortunate in some ways um, uh, and unfortunate in other ways. Uh, the, The fortunate part is that the Saskatchewan Arts Board was the first arts board in Canada. So it's been around the longest. It's very well established. Um, they have some great programs, um, and they really do, they really know their stuff. They're, they're pretty on the ball in terms of following the trends of what's happening in the arts community and, and, uh, revamping programs, et cetera. However, the, uh, you know, that said, there's never enough money in any c- given category, um, to support all of the, all of the great projects that come, that applications arrive. Um, Specifically in dance, uh, the history of dance in Saskatchewan is pretty small. Um, So the funding allocated for dance in Saskatchewan is also very small in comparison to, say, um, you know, another category such as music or um, uh, writers. There's a lot of writers that live here. It's a very, very solid history of of, uh, writers and and poets that, that are from here. Um, so that has always been um, a little bit of a, uh, y- you know, a little bit of an obstacle. So I do encourage as many dancers out here as possible to apply, 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 always apply, because the more people applying, the more funds allocated to your specific um, genre. Mm. Um, and this is a good thing to know. Also, um, the, as far as like federal funding. Federal funding for the Prairie Provinces, and not just Saskatchewan, but for the Prairie Provinces, is sadly lacking. If you look at their website, they have a list of each category and what's been funded and where the, where the group is from. 
and um, out just out of curiosity, um, some artist friends and I spent some time on there looking, and it is actually quite disheartening. Um, and it could be due to the lack of applications. It could be um, smaller population, et cetera. I'd, I'm not sure, but um, the funding for Prairie Artists um, does seem to me to be lower than what I expected. Um, however, the funding for Aboriginal artists in Canada um, in the prairies is probably higher um, than perhaps in other places because the population of um, Aboriginal people living here is higher. Um, I myself am a Métis and I do uh, I am a card-carrying Métis, so I do apply for Aboriginal funding. However, I'm not working in a traditional form, um, and I do I have mostly applied in the regular funding category because I feel that that is the category that I am working in. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, sh you know, it's kind of a little bit of a catch-22 uh, in terms of of funding. Also, I feel that um, locally there could be more corporate sponsorship support for for the for dance specifically because um the history of the province is in um theater and and music if you look at the giant festivals they have here it's the jazz festival and the blues festival and the fringe festival and uh, a lot of music uh and theater and uh, huge corporate grants going out to those organizations the interest in supporting lesser-known art forms such as contemporary dance um, by these companies isn't as high. And we've been working to change that, of course, because, you know, we live here, so we have forged a lot of great allies with different people, but it's slow-going, and it's, you know, if I had a dollar for every hour I worked on a grant application, I'd have a grant, right? <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, again, it's a little bit of that, you know, running around in a circle and eating your own tail kind of thing, trying to find the money. Um, I do think people out here, though, are ready for art, and they're ready to be pushed, and they're ready for new things and contemporary work, not just in dance, but also in visual arts and, and, uh, and theater and interesting new edgy things, and they want it. Um, it's just convincing mainstream um, businesses that, yes, this is the next wave that can be a, a tricky issue, though. Uh, I mean, for example, the Fringe Festival is sponsored by Potash Corp, which I don't know how many people are completely comfortable with that. I mean, it's hard to say no to, to corporate sponsorship, but at the same time, uh, sometimes your values as an artist don't necessarily line up with those of the company doing the sponsoring. Yes, I highly agree. And out here, a lot of the uh, major uh, businesses are potash and agriculture-related and mining-related, and um, they don't always line up with with um, your vision and your um, moral belief system. Um, there are always other alternatives, um, companies that there are always going to be companies that you do mesh with and that you mm -hmm. do uh, do find um, ways to uh, sort of benefit each other um, but yeah I agree it's a really fine line to balance you don't want to be um, putting a logo of something that you don't believe in all over your um, print materials um, so it is tricky as an artist to stand by what you're trying to do and 
also find the funding to do it. Hmm. So other than, than we've taken the, the financial temperature of Saskatoon uh, art scene, can you speak to, to kind of uh, the flavor of, of what's happening in Saskatoon in terms of dance or in Saskatchewan abroad? Yes. In Saskatoon, um, there's not actually a heck of a lot going on, I have to say. We're pretty isolated out here. We love having guests, though, so please come and visit us. Um, in terms of professional companies, uh, right now, Free Flow Dance is the major dance company in Saskatoon. Um, there are some independent uh, professional dancers, and most of which have danced with us at one point or another, uh, which is wonderful. So we have a really nice, uh, close community. We all know each other. We support each other. And, uh, and many of the, the, the dancers and choreographers that I've worked with previously will come and present at the whip and things like that. Um, but there's not really um, a scene, per se, in terms of uh, professional dance in Saskatoon. Um, Kazam Dance is one of the smaller... Um, they're, they're a two-person dance company. Um, there's a few independent choreographers uh, that live in town and that do uh, occasionally show, show up and produce a show. Um, it's sometimes far and few between, but it's always really exciting when it does happen. Um, there is a Circus of Life uh, dance and circus-based group here. And um, all the there were a couple of sort of um, emerging ballet companies, both of which have closed down. Um, the scene here tends to be very heavy on um, cultural and folk dance. Very heavy, which I love. It's wonderful. And, you know, when we do our International Dance Day celebration, it is huge and it is packed. And, you know, we have every style of dance under the sun, which is wonderful to see. Um, and then uh, I would say if you were looking for more of contemporary dance scene, uh, Regina has a, a more fully formed scene uh, than Saskatoon because of um, Robin Poitras and New Dance Horizons, who've, who's been around for... Um, I believe at least 25 years. Um, and they bring in excellent performers from all over Canada, top quality, top notch work. Um, they have a series called the blueprint series, which is similar to the whip series. Um, and they do cultivate, um, performance performers to come in for residencies and things like that. Um, there's also another group there called Fata Dance, which com which actually I think they're like the Regina version of Free Flow. I just love them. We we're like two peas in a pod. Uh, we've done some collaborative work, um, and they're very theatrical and mixed with contemporary uh, dance, um, and maybe like a little bit of like fairy magic or something. They're <laughs> they're very exotic, beautiful, um, uh, sort of wonderful, wildly bizarre dance company um, that they've been going strong for at least for 10 years or so. Um, I think they just celebrated their 10-year anniversary, actually. So there is a, a bit more of a scene. There's also a lot more independent choreographers working out of Regina. Hmm. Um, I think it's, you know, it is the capital city. Maybe it's a little closer to the border. Um, but definitely the scene has been cultivated by New Dance Horizons there. And uh, it definitely shows we're probably, a, you know, a decade and a half behind Regina in terms of um, growing the dance scene in Saskatoon. But it's getting there. Bringing it back just to Saskatoon, the 
in putting together our fringe, uh, Saskatoon fringe episode, uh, we ended up booking primarily physical theater artists, a lot of whom were local to Saskatoon. I'm wondering if there's any overlap there of, of people interested in, in physical theater kind of also dipping their toes in dance art or... Yeah, there definitely is. I would say there's lots of, lots of, I have met a lot of clowns and mimes and uh, acrobats and hula hoopers and various kinetic prop uh, manipulators, and they're all interested in dance. And uh, I I would say the cabaret sort of scene here is definitely um, growing because of that. So it has uh, the the flair of dance and, and and uh, magic, you know, to mix together. And I'm part of that as well through the burlesque Mm -hmm. club and through some of my participatory stuff as well. Um, That's growing faster, I would say, than um, perhaps us, what I would call like theater stage dance, Um, uh, because the type of performers here definitely ranges further than just dance training. Um, lots of just movers and shakers and people who like to do physical theater and uh, um, who are interested in um, the, the theatrical end of movement. And I am as well, so it kind of works to my benefit in a lot of ways. And I, I'd say, in, in, you know, we host regular variety shows and things here, and we definitely have that crowd coming out uh, to perform and also to watch. Do you offer classes at your studio for non-professionals? Yeah, we do. All of our classes are mixed-level classes. So we have a mixture of new people right up to professionals. We put them all in the same class, and we have um, exercises that are tiered. So we have, like, this is the... the the, the basic level, this is the middle level, and this is the, if you know this already, you can do your advanced version. I don't teach the advanced versions in classes. Um, they're uh, advanced versions that have been taught um, uh, separately, maybe through the company class or something like that. So, um, because I don't want people to feel like they need to do an advanced level exercise. Um, but yeah, it's a really nice, um, atmosphere because it's really low stress and it's low low competitive everybody works at their own speed everybody does the exercise at the level that they feel they should be working at and um we i alternate between uh technical classes and creative classes so i teach um every second class i teach about choreographic um methods and we work on um discovering an element of choreography as opposed to um, always working on a, you know, a, a tondu or something like that um, or, or a set exercise, um, which people really enjoy because it allows them to actually discover their own personal style. Are you able to speak at all about uh, the potential Nuit Blanche or is it too... Well, it is the first year here, and uh, people are pretty excited about it. Um, It's going to be happening in September during Culture Days. And we have been in talks with Nuit Blanche because, of course, being pretty much one of the only contemporary uh, dance companies around here, we would love to be involved with the Contemporary Art Festival. Um, And uh, they did come to see our newest piece, Pods, um, the little trampolines and the little little fabric pods, um, and they uh, really are looking forward to 
having that piece at the festival. So we know we're, we know that we're going to be involved somehow with that. Um, we've also approached them to um, sort of adopt the whip series for the weekend um, and see if we can, we might have to change the format a little bit to fit with the Nuit Blanche format. Um, and it would be outside, which is always a challenge. Um, but uh, it's looking really positive and, and they have shown some interest. So we should be finding out in the next couple of weeks, actually, if they're going to be taking that over. I had the phone call and I have to phone them back. <laughs> so I haven't done that yet, but it will be soon. Great. Uh, are there any other big projects on the horizon that you haven't already mentioned about yeah, I'm actually working on a brand new work uh, called Movement Interruptus in C bracket EEL bracket um, minor. And it is uh, what happens if you ha- are told when you arrive in the theater to turn your cell phones on. Hmm. And we're working with a little crew of um, technology guys and they're developing an app for us, for people to download onto their cell phones. And it will be, again, uh, in the theme of participatory immersive events, uh, the audience becomes performer and the performer becomes audience and all of that uh, with live feeds of uh, social media. Um, Also, they will have the ability to interact with the dancers on stage so they can phone them and tweet, text them and uh, leave messages and we'll be... um, uh, using some of that material to create the soundscape for the final part of the show. And there's also a section where the audience becomes the lighting technical directors, and that's done through the cell phone app f- um, lighting application. And there'll be strobe lights, and there'll be uh, morphing color screens, and hopefully there'll be a, like a light chase through the audience, through all the phones, and... and um, yeah, so it's going to be really interesting. We uh, were really excited about it. We did not get funding for it. So it, it's one of those projects where we started it anyways, and now we're halfway through, and we refuse to give it up, even though we did not get our funding um, our funding request for it. Um, so, you know, we, we, we've convinced these lovely people to get on board and, and create these amazing... Um, technological applications um, by offering them free tickets and uh, oh perhaps we can you know have a nominal fee for people to download the app and that could go to them and that type of thing Um, we're currently looking at technology companies um, for corporate sponsorship so and we think it would be that type of piece where you could book it for your corporate party for your Christmas party mm. or your staff party, because it, it, especially if you're a technology-based industry, it would be so fun for all those people with their phones to be able to uh, create their little dancer and give them moves and send them to us, and then we can, we can use those to uh, influence what's happening on stage. Um, they, can write self, they can write cell phone music for us, and they can... Um, upload pictures of their eyes and mouths and we use the phones to create eyes and mouths in the dark that could possibly include their photos and things like that so Mm. it's going to be a really fun technology based interactive piece and that's our newest um, newest one it's on the go and uh, I don't actually own a cell phone 
So <laughs> everyone thought I was absolutely insane to create this piece, but I think I'm actually the perfect person to create this piece because I don't own a cell phone. So I don't have any preconceived notions as to what cell phones can do, what they can't do, what the rules are. And when I met with the technology people, um, they thought I was just amazing because I'm <laughs> because I was giving them ideas they had never ever thought of um, or considered and giving them fun puzzles to figure out as to po opposed to put my company's data on this app and let everyone be able to access it. Well, that's, that's kind of boring for <laughs> compared to um, make laser beams and, you know, uh, those type of things. So, um, yeah, I think it, it's going to be an interesting um, trip to see what happens. I wish I was around to see it. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to come back. <laughs> Maybe I'll tour it. <laughs> Even better. Um, if so where do we find out more information about FreeFlow? I imagine uh, on your website? Yeah, we have a website. It's freeflowdance.com. And we also have a Facebook group, FreeFlow Dance Theatre Company. So people can look for us there. Um, we also have a, a Facebook site for the WIP, WIP. Uh, new dance series and so if people are specifically interested in that they can look it up there um, there's also a section on the whip on our website so if choreographers are listening and they're thinking hey we want to go to Saskatoon well we would love to have you and go check out our information and and uh, send us your info yeah guys check it out it's a really charming place Saskatoon I've, I've enjoyed my it's stay. a beautiful city yeah Absolutely. There's definitely, uh, as you were saying, there's a, there's a bigger theater scene, but there's definitely people here who are interested in art and are interested in, in coming out and supporting it, which is really nice. Yep, for sure. I always joke that this is where all the musicians that ever wanted to disappear, they all end up in Saskatoon. And so you guys have big bands coming we have through. huge bands because yeah. they've all lived here at some point, mm. I think. It's like a, a nice little rest spot for musicians and writers and and artists so yeah come visit us and hang out have a vacation just lovely thank you so much i've been speaking with uh, jackie latondress uh, about uh, free flow dance company and the free flow studio and uh well you just listen to the interview you know what we talked about thank you so much for joining me oh, thanks for having me Dirty Feet was previously recorded at the Montreal Improv Theatre and is currently recorded out of Mainline Theatre. Thanks, dudes. Dirty Feet est produit et animé par... Produced and hosted by Alison Burns... J.D. Papillon... et Stéphanie Morin-Robert. You can find out more about our show at nomoreradio.com, follow us on Twitter at Dirty Dirty Feet, and find us on Facebook at Dirty Feet Podcast. Vous pouvez écouter tous nos épisodes sur notre site web ou... Vous pouvez vous abonner également sur iTunes à notre podcast. Listen to past episodes on website or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. While you're there, be sure to give us a rating and or leave a comment to help us spread the word. Tune in next week for a whole new show.